Welcome to the 154th episode of the Young Terps Podcast from the Viner Four Gauge Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And straight out of Phoenix, not Indianapolis, and Boca Raton, your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we're talking about where the Terps could have ended up. Uh, Jordan back on the podcast after uh, some travels down to uh, spring training. Yeah, um, it was a great experience. I swear, it was one of the most bizarre things in my life was watching all of this coronavirus stuff unfold 3,000 miles from home with a, on a class field trip. Truly a bizarre experience that I'm probably going to remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, and well, I guess before we start talking about the Terps and well, what could have been, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need. Whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival, Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie and Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today, you can contact Allied at 301-986-0067 or visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, I guess Allied can expect a uh, big amount of business for the uh, end of the coronavirus party is that will be happening. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, the ratings that we're going to see when sports comes back are going to be some of the highest I think we've seen in years, maybe decades. Yeah, uh, we were just talking about that, I guess, last night when you got in. The first games, the opening day of the baseball season, in my opinion, will be the biggest one. We're going to see the reopening of the NHL and NBA seasons, assuming they do reopen. Maybe reopen right in the playoffs. That'd be something to see. You're really setting yourself up for something. But a team that will not be playing again this year is, unfortunately, both our Maryland Terrapins teams on the uh, basketball floor, the women's and men's team. And all the spring sports. They're all gone, too. Yeah, but they didn't really get started. You That's know, also true. The they're lacrosse, also receiving eligibility back. You know who might have uh, gotten a boost out of that was women's lacrosse, who uh, season was in a free fall. But your men's lacrosse team was doing great things, Mason. Yeah, you know, on the women's side, seven injuries to starting players at the beginning of the season kind of led them into you know, the 19-6 loss to North Carolina, lost to Syracuse. But even then, they were bouncing back. They had just beaten the number 17 team in the country, the Navy midshipmen, in quite convincing fashion. So, you know, as expected, you lose seven starters, you lose some games by numbers you haven't seen ever in the history of Maryland women's lacrosse. But they were back on track, and on the men's side, it finally seemed like they had just gotten the ball rolling as far as being where they should be as, as one of the best programs in the country. But well, An interesting point you floated, Mason, last night, too, was that you're not sure how many athletes will take the waiver and come back. Some of them might be ready to move on with their lives. But what what do you think about that a little bit later? You know, I, I still think that. Uh, you're, you're looking at, especially on the lacrosse side, which is what seems to be talked about the most, you know, this being a Maryland thing and really a Maryland podcast, lacrosse is almost in front of baseball as far as Maryland is concerned. Or in spring, absolutely. Yeah, uh, around here. And that, uh, really on this podcast, we're, we're more lacrosse people than baseball people. You have players that, you know, come Thursday night when they the, when they canceled everything, had gotten together with their, their teammates, with their with their seniors and with their you know, fellow players on the uh, on their field. And as you can imagine, the tears were coming out of their eyes, and it was over. It was done with. Their, their season canceled. Their chance to have that last year was gone. You know, that's already gone through your mind at that point. 
and for this league and for this, you know, governing body, as it's called, really, officially, to come back the next day and say, well, you can have that year back, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of athletes, especially the guys, you know, not your maybe not your Jared Bernhardt's and, and, and guys like that, but those end-of-the-bench players, they might have already come to terms with it. It's just done for them. They, they had moved on. They probably had already thought about what they – now need to do to move their life forward to you know get a job this is lacrosse phase or this baseball you know chapter of their lives is closed and it's just time to move on the tears are gone for it they had you know i know at jacksonville especially on the women's side they did a whole senior day ceremony and on the men's side they did too and maryland did that they had those last practices those you know final moments with your teammates and sure they weren't games and they weren't you know, Memorial Day weekend in, I think, Philadelphia for this year, but the book might be closed for, you know, half of these athletes, and maybe half of them decide to come back. But really, as far as longevity in a program and, and, and returning everything to normalcy, these guys should not get another year. I understand that point. And the, something that, like, people were talking, maybe they'll give the seniors for basketball, um, a waiver, which I don't really agree with. He played the entire season. I mean, it really, really does suck for guys like Anthony Cowan or stars like Vinny Shahida and NDSU for me. But there's so many logistical problems you run into if you give these guys another year. You talk about coming, freshmen coming in. You talk about rosters. Like, you'd have to expand rosters, basically, to really make this fair. Like, it just doesn't work, logistically speaking. And that's true for spring sports, too. Yeah. But the one you talk about, of course, is men's basketball because that's, that's the NCAA's biggest sport. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. We'll see when we get back on track, back to normal. There's no way. You I have seniors in college basketball that it's over. I agree. I don't. I think it's. I think it's not really viable because yeah, for a for the vast majority of players here, it's over for them. Like they played their last game. You're talking about D two. D two. I think was in the Sweet Sixteen period already. Like there's just a, such a can of worms to open, especially for um, winter sports. That I think it's really unfeasible. Which kind of leads us to our next point, and I'm sure we'll get back to a lot of these topics as we don't have anything else to talk about um, in the near future. But this, this I know you already talked about it, Mason, but we didn't talk about it. What did this Maryland basketball team mean to you now that it's now that it's done with them? Anthony Cowan's gone. Where does he stand in the best players you've seen? Well, I think the answer is very high this year. I mean, Anthony is a guy comes into Maryland when the Terps kind of desperately needed a backup point guard. You look at what happened the year before Anthony Cowan arrived at Maryland, the Terps, you know, on the doorstep of the, or they went, they made the Sweet 16. And, you know, a lot of what everyone chalked up they're losing to was the fact they didn't have a backup point guard, but then Anthony slides in, you know, to Maryland and he immediately becomes a starter. Which didn't really do a lot to help the problem that he was really brought in to address that year. And he developed over time. He became more and more of a bigger role guy and then into this last year where he's just been really had a fantastic year. You know, he's a closing player for Maryland. He's a guy that kind of stepped into the footsteps everyone saw for him where he was going to become Mellow Trimble. You know, Anthony Cowan this past season, even though it's a different player, has been very Mellow Trimble-esque. He hits the big shots. He, he makes those plays. He's from Maryland. He's by Maryland. And he's for Maryland. And unfortunately, or, you know, in some cases for some of these teams, your, you know, San Diego State's, your Dayton's, it kind of makes these players somewhat immortal. 
You know, there's no – if you're Maryland, there's no losing to Vermont in the first round. There's no losing to, you know, like a North Dakota State or – you know, you can just go down the least, a list, Eastern Kentucky or Northern Kentucky or Eastern Tennessee, my mistake, or, <laughs> or, or Northern Kentucky in the first round. You live for a lot of these teams with this eternal what if, and that's always going to keep the name Anthony Cowan and Jalen Smith and Aaron Wiggins in the minds of Maryland fans for the rest of their lives. You know, everyone's going to always want to go up to Anthony Cowan and, and say, well, you know, what do you think this team could have done? Or everyone's going to go up to Jalen Smith and say, you know, what was it like when your season just stopped? And really when the world just stopped, but it happened to be around this time where everybody in this country and a lot of people internationally look at college basketball. You know, look at today. Today is Selection Sunday. Today's the day of the Big Ten Championship. Jordan, you and I would have been in Indianapolis, whether the Terps were there or not, looking at a conference championship game, but now that seems, like, impossible. Yeah, um, that's true, and it really is a shame. You know, for me, it's pro- it's fairly well known in this podcast and in, in this household, the Viner household out here, that college basketball is my sport. It always has been. And this is – I was <laughs> – it seems strange now, but on Tuesday or Wednesday, I was talking to one of the friends I made in the trip, and we were both we were both college basketball fans, and he was saying, you know, if college basketball played without spectators, I'm going to cry. Like, if March Madison didn't bring spectators in. And that was our worst-case scenario only, like, five days ago, was we're going to have spectators, and that's going to suck. And then things just got out of hand, and Rudy Gobert got, got the virus, and that was kind of it for sports. And just the fact there's no March Madness is a absolute tragedy to me, honestly. I mean, I know that sounds dramatic and that's kind of not the perspective we're all in right now, but that's kind of the fact for me. Is for me, this is a huge loss. It's it's the worst. I just love Selection Sunday. And the fact we're not going to see that this year, the whole tournament as a whole, really has been a blow for my more, for my more personal morale. And I know it's probably true for a lot of you guys. Um, and I wanted to see what this team could accomplish this season. I really did. I I know a lot of people out there were saying, "Well, Mark Curzon would have lost two days ago on Friday to Penn State, and we'd have to be we'd all be talking about that." And maybe that's true, but I would trade that in a second for not having anything. I really would. I would rather us be a two losing to a fifteen than not be playing. At least you know, and at least there's something. And but to your point, Mason, that's true. Even though we're not going to be able, the fact we're not going to see Mark Madness play out this year is going to be one of the biggest what ifs in sports history. They're, Going to have a whole 30 for 30 in a couple years probably about this specific part of the coronavirus thing. Like, it's amazing what a big deal this is. And, yeah, for San Diego State and Dayton, I really do feel for them because they don't get this chance. We, as Maryland fans, I know we complain a lot, but there's a very real chance that we're going to see a team like this within the next decade. Maybe. Maybe. And probably, though. I mean, I know the Grievous Vasquez team feels like eons ago, but that was only 10 years ago. That was – and the – 2016 chirps that made Sweet 16, that was only four years ago. Like, we see these teams fairly regularly. There's te- programs out there. Eastern Tennessee is a great example that really could have made a deep run this year, or maybe got to Sweet 16, and they're not going to get that chance. That's a real shame for them. At this point, you know, you kind of, or at least I look at it and I see that it, it just happened. You know, it, it happens this way. This is not the worst thing that could have happened to these teams, you know, nothing, it's almost like in the sports world that there's just, they're over-traumatic about this. 
This is not the worst thing that could have happened to stop March Madness. No, it's not. As far as things that would stop March Madness might be the best-case scenario, actually. You know, and as as far as a society, you know, I think everyone needs kind of a, a little slap across the face. That sure, our sports are stopped. But think about it. Every year, there is March Madness. There are 82 regular season NBA games in a season. I think that, you know, maybe having a break in this, having a little stoppage in play will make everyone realize, you know, how great it is to have games every night and and, and have, you know, seasons to look forward to and, and all this stuff. But I feel like, you know, for the athletes, it sucks. They work their whole lives to get here, especially the seniors. But for everyone else, as as kind of a sports community, you just got to take a little step back and say, well, you know, this year is probably done. We're probably not going to see another Maryland team. The Big Ten did go back on their decision to say this whole thing is over. Oh, they did. I didn't see that. And they decide to reconsider on April 6th. Well, that's probably not going to work out. And kind of, you know, just deal with it. Uh, yeah, and I think that's, you have some good points there. And you're right. We are extremely lucky to have sports every night. People are posting, I'm sure you've seen them, Mason, like the memes on Twitter saying, like, this is day four without sports and, like, what they're doing. And that that's true. Like, we're extremely lucky to have games every night. We're extremely lucky to always have sports to look forward to, no matter what time of year it is. And, yeah, maybe we need some perspective as fans. And, yes, for athletes, it really, it really does suck. There's no way to get around that. If you're an athlete... If you're a senior, especially a mid-major, and you work your way to the big tournament for the first time, like I can't say it doesn't. Well, suck mid-major for you. or not, you have teams like Rutgers and Penn oh, State, Rutger- and yeah, Rutgers really sucks. Specifically, I was talking actually the same person. Like, is Rutgers streak over? I mean, Rutgers streak is still going. They've never made the NCAA tournament since 1991. They're not going to change this year because there's no NCAA tournament selection show, which is another topic we need to get to. Um, but also means North Carolina's 29-year streak of making the tournament. Is continuing as well, so take how that you want. Um, but what do you make of the no selection show, Mason? Nothing. It's over. There's nothing to select. I, I don't well, understand for whatever the reason why people want them to make a selection show. Because for a lot of teams, like for North Dakota State, my school, for example, making the tournament's a really big deal. I like, don't understand why North Dakota State cannot put up an NCAA tournament banner. And maybe they, they were already selected into the NCAA. Tournament. Maybe they can specifically. Maybe teams that got the AQ already can, but Rutgers can't. No, they can't. But they weren't guaranteed in. But oh, are you going to say they wouldn't have made it in? You know, I was just talking on the on the last show. We were actually just talking about the, the exact same thing. Well, look at Indiana. Who's going to say they couldn't or couldn't have made it in? Wait. If they win against Penn State, they make it in. If they don't, they don't. It's a 68-team bracket. I know that, and I acknowledge that. And it was that. very undecided. NC State, another example. They win two games. They probably are they're definitely, and they win one. They're on the strong bubble, depending on what other teams do. UCLA, another team like that. You can't award things to teams that were on the bubble. I think you could, though. I think you could have said, all right, if the season ended today, here's what would have happened, because you can make that decision. But they don't have that decision. You know, Gavitt just talked about this. It's all hypotheticals. 
you know, and then and well, then, playing, but no. what they're doing, okay. what they are doing, and what the league, or the, the league, or the association, or whatever you want to call the NCAA, or the specific selection committee, what they don't want is for them to announce a field, and then for a team that was not selected into the field, let's say Indiana, and their fan base is very very passionate about things like this, and then for them to say, well, it didn't happen. So we're going to put up a banner that says we made the NCAA tournament because that's what these teams do now. Florida State declared themselves the national champion. Oh, there's no way they're going to be able to put the banner up, though. UCF, uh, if we're talking about that, UCF had, was different because the way the NCAA works with that is there's like 50 selectors, quote, championship selectors, that you can use as to- that are like officially recognized as championship winners, and UCF was at the top one of those lists, so they could make that claim. Florida State, I would be shocked the NCAA lets them put, put, put that banner up. Um, I'm just saying there there is no field, there's no re there's no reason. It's like the whole everyone gets a trophy thing. If you're not gonna play the games, then there's no point. And every AQ team should be able to put up that they made the NCAA tournament this year because that, they that, did. They did. It, that's decided. If Maryland wanted to, they can say in in legal terms there's no reasonable cause that they would not have been selected. They can throw up a banner for that. You know, if Kansas wants to, if Duke wants to. But that's what I'm saying, is that if you put this out, if you put out a bracket saying that if the tournament ended today, this would have, what would have happened, then you are saying this is what would have happened. Like, that's it. You can't, no one else can say anything because you have spoken. So one thing that I could go back to, though, is I haven't really mean to cut you off there either, is they can release a... They're not a bracket, but a list of teams that were in the tournament. That could also and all work. the bubble teams, unfortunately, due to this, so they don't get that. You're, so you're saying that, okay, these teams would have made it no matter what happens. They could probably release a list of, I would say, 55 to 63 teams that, that were in the tournament. And then the bubble teams, you don't get to claim that. You yeah. just don't get to do it. So you did not complete the resume that qualifies yourself to be in the selection for the NCAA tournament. So you're saying, like, I'm not, I was going to say Gonzaga, that's a bad example because they AQ'd. Um, like, Maryland could have said that because, like, no matter what happens, you lose Penn State in the first round, you're still in. They would be on that list. But, yeah. like, Rutgers, unfortunately, probably wouldn't have been on that list. Well, I think Rutgers probably is. Okay, Indiana's they, on the list. Yeah, though. Indiana, UCLA, those teams, Xavier, those teams are not on the list. I can see that. That would be reasonable. Um, and I've seen on that same. I've seen a lot of people do some interesting things on the internet to try to satisfy their sports fix. One of which, and we can talk about this because I think you're going to think it's ridiculous, Mason, but I think it's kind of cool. Is the college basketball Reddit page is hosting a college hoops 2K8 tournament using the projected bracket from um, I think BracketMatrix.com, who like has used every bracket since they expanded the field. To you basically create an algorithm that predicts the bracket fairly well, historically speaking. Yeah, and I don't know why two K eight, but because they can use create a team in that, they can't do that anymore. Okay. That was the last one that had that. All right. And they're gonna put this bracket up. They're still working on the process of it, but they're gonna put this bracket up and they're gonna live stream all the games on YouTube. And they're gonna this is their March Madness this season, and that's how they're gonna do it. And I think it's a pretty cool way to like satisfy your tournament itch if you really have it bad, which I do, and I'm probably gonna watch a lot of those games. They're going to play CPU versus CPU with the highest difficulty and see what happens. What are your thoughts on this, Mason? I mean, I think that it, it makes sense. You know, it makes perfect sense that people are going to start doing these things. But 
nothing's going to satisfy the need for the real games. No. You know, nothing is going to replace uh, Thursday this week and, and Friday this week. What? I mean, the best days of sports here? Uh, possibly. I mean, Saturday and Sundays aren't bad, but nothing is going to, you know, fill the need for or fill that, you know, thought in the back of your head, no matter how many times you simulate it and how many different places, you know, people talk about it. Even this podcast, you know, you could pretty much just say, well, you know, those were our thoughts. Maryland could have gotten any, you know, in terms of Maryland, getting back to really what we're going to talk about here in a second. It was so uncertain where this team was going to end up. You know, Maryland was anywhere, in my opinion, from a two to a five seed in this tournament. Five. I would say four, but I see your point. I think they dropped that game to Indiana and some other teams win some conference tournaments, win some games. Like, uh, you know, you talk about the other teams that they're on the line with. Like, if Oregon wins the Pac-12 and... and Whatever happens with Florida State. Or you know, whatever happens to... Yeah, Florida State and, and the two seed in Louisville and, you know, all those teams of the ACC, especially the ACC with Duke, you know, being able... Duke's pretty much in the same range as Maryland, but they're Duke, so they're going to end up on the higher side of that. You know, there's there's certain things that that were going to play out. You know, you look at a Kentucky team that probably could have made it all the way up to a two, or maybe even a one seed if some things happen. You know, let's say Dayton walks out and they get blasted by, or they lose in the A10. You know, suddenly they can drop two seed lines because they're Dayton. And if Maryland then slides into that spot, so you're looking at a team that could have been anywhere from a two to fifteen matchup to, you know what? I'll go ahead and say four to thirteen. Everyone that watches the Maryland team knows they're not losing to a 15 seed. There, I don't think there was a 15 seed out there that could have beaten Maryland. I think it's probably fair, yeah. Now, if Maryland ends up with that, you know, that matchup against Vermont or Eastern uh, Tennessee, you can see Maryland being a first round upset team. I don't really think this Maryland team was poised for a first round upset, but it's almost like. You know, those Kansas and San Diego State and Gonzaga, those teams that kind of knew they were on that one line, have so much clearer of a vision of where their team could have gone than Maryland because there was so much left in the air for all the teams in the Big Ten because, you know, they had three regular season champions. Yeah, the Big Ten tournament was going to be something this year, wasn't it? Yeah, we were just talking about that. You know, 10 teams in the Big Ten or 10 or 11 teams in the Big Ten at one point were ranked this season. The Big Ten was going to possibly have the best... Thursday matchups of any conference tournament in the history of conference tournaments. You know, the Big Ten Friday could have been... Could have, uh, been, could have been epic. You know, it could have been Maryland and Indiana, you're being your nightcap, Indiana playing to get into the tournament in Indianapolis. Yeah. That's a shame we're not going to see that. And you're right, this Maryland team was extremely hard to predict. And a lot of us really, really... Hope, hoped and thought we could have made a deep run, and that certainly still would have been true. But it's going to go down as the greatest what-if in sports now. It really is. It really is, and then on the women's side, not much better for the Terps. Oh, it's worse. We're going to be a one seed. Well, you had a one seed pretty solidly. Yeah, Big Ten champions. I uh, saw so they have a one-shining moment video out about the women's team now. Oh. Yeah, this Maryland social media is doing <laughs> everything they can to keep their morale up, but it really it goes it keeps going back to, and I guess we're probably going to hit this a lot in the next month or so while we, uh, we hope this coronavirus thing fizzles out. That we're going to be hit. It's just 
it's going to be a what if, and it's going to suck, and nothing can replace actually playing those games. And I don't really have anything else to say, Mason. You got any? What are, what are our plans to fill our sports board for the next month or so? Well, I guess there's going to be a lot of talk, uh, a lot of speculation conversations here on on this podcast. And, you know, there's a ton of things that, that we Jordan and I have come up with for days like this. And, you know, yeah, when the world kind of slows and stops, especially the sports world, because, you know, as many times as we've talked about getting to our topic lists and stuff, yeah, you know, we- over the past, you know, really since this podcast has started, there's been nonstop stories about Maryland over the summers, you know, a lot of them being negative, like the summer, you know, not not last summer, but the summer before that, that was filled with, with bad news. And then, you know, Maryland brought in a new head coach and th- that kind of played out over the summer. We had a lot of practice stuff, a and lot of always recruiting ton of availability that came with Maryland football that kind of filled the void last summer. But right now spring football is suspended. Yeah, we finally have no excuses not to hit our off-season topic list. And we're going to try and bring you some guests, some just infer- interesting talks. You know, people talk about how with all the quarantining and self-quarantining and how you're really supposed to kind of stay away from people's social distancing, how things like this, being connected to to kind of a unit, we hope that, that this podcast kind of brings you some sense of normalcy to your life. And we're just going to keep it rolling, you know, kind of. Maybe do one or two episodes a week. That we certainly have the time. Both yeah, Jordan honestly, and I, we might broadcast more because we don't have anything else to do. Yeah, both Jordan and I have now online school, which seems fairly simple. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how that actually goes. <laughs> and yeah, we just we have a lot of time for this podcast and a lot of things to talk about and a lot of different people that we can talk okay. about those topics with and hopefully yeah we can find some interesting guests i know everybody else has got nothing else to do so hopefully we can get some good ones and uh we'll let you know how our online school goes because i'm sure it's gonna be an adventure yeah and i guess that's going to be a wrap for this episode of the young turps podcast as always we'd like to thank our sponsors viner four gates if you need to set up a remote kind of remote office you know being able to remote into your computers and and really hunker down for the coronavirus. Finder Four Gates can take care of that for you today. You can reach them at 301-251-2900 or on the web at the number one viner.com. And Ally Party Rentals to set up all of your post-coronavirus events. Ally is your place to go. You can reach them at 301-986-0067 or on the web at allypartyrentals.com. Yeah, you better give them a call because I know there's going to be some ragers after this finally frees up, Mason. Yeah, not only that, but I mean, weddings being postponed. Yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be interesting socially to see how this works out in the next few months. <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, this is kind of a different thing. If you have like a wedding or a memorial service for someone, and you have like large gatherings, a lot of them are technically illegal right now. Yeah, we'll see in the enforcement of that, though. I don't think many cops are going to be excited to pull up and stop a wedding. Um, But... Yeah, this is gonna be, this is gonna be something to watch. It is, and well, we'll be here talking Terps uh, on the Young Terps podcast. And as always, make sure to check in with us. Maybe a little bit more than usual because we're gonna have some episodes coming out. And as always, thanks for listening.